Herd mentalists, hear me. Today, very quickly, a little bit of news. I am on the latest episode of the Quranify Me podcast, so you can head to quranifyme.com, Q-U-R-A-N-I-F-Y-M-E.com, and have a listen to some Ray. Up first, I'd like to thank the new tithers to the show. That would be Kifriazran, I do apologize for the pronunciation, Sarah, Kirill, and Dan. Guys, thank you very much. A couple of you whom have tried out the shiny new Patreon page, that's patreon.com slash herdmentality, or there's a link to it through the website. So I've succumbed and I've set up the Patreon page. A dollar will get your name read aloud on the show. $3 an episode will get you a hand-drawn cow posted out to you in the old-fashioned mail system. And $5 an episode will get your personalized voicemail message from Ray Comfort. He's a good guy like that. So if you've been thinking about doing it, don't pray for the show to be a success. Head to the website and... Make it so. Let's go and have a chat with some strangers. Welcome to The Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic and humanistic conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, get an interesting conversation for you to listen to. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, at Adam Reeks on Twitter, and it's time to meet our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Herd Mentality, and down the line is a podcast edition. We have with us today Paul, who is also known as the mysterious Mr. Q from the Quranify Me podcast. Hello, Paul. Hello, Adam. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Finally good to get you on the show. Uh, I completely agree. It's been a long time coming, at least in my mind. You have a challenging job with your podcast, I would think. I, I agree. <laughs> we'll get to that in just a moment. Also down the line, we've got David from a different podcast doing a similar sort of bent on the topic. His Twitter handle is at MyBookOfMormon from the podcast of the same name. Hello. Hello. Where are you based? I'm based in the Chicagoland area, so in the cognitive dissonance area, right? The Stone's Throw. Exactly. And Paul, where are you from? You know, Adam, I'd really love to share that with you, but uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say America. That narrows I, uh, it down. We'd love to fine. say more, but I, I found a study today, and I, I follow a lot of folks online who may not agree with my podcast, and one of the things I did discover today was that within about a two-hour drive of my location, there are three groups that are associated with Islamic extremist groups from the Middle East. So, I will say I'm in America, and I'm in a great place in America. Are you okay with me leaving it at that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I, think I'm, I think I'm fortunate enough that anyone that would oppose my podcast are usually the friendlier type. So, yeah. <laughs> I agree. You've got one up on me on that. <laughs> right. So, you guys have both taken it upon yourselves to read uh, the Quran and the Book of Mormon. That sounds excruciating. Talk me through it. Well, let me start. So I think that at least I was inspired by Thomas Smith with Thomas and the Bible. So I thought what he was doing was just a great idea. So many people believe in this stuff and they don't really even know what's in it. Like most of them don't. Mm -hmm. My original intent, I actually recorded two episodes of a podcast that I called First Time Quran and I was all excited about it. And then I found this podcast called Quranify Me and I said, well, so much for that idea. And uh, so then I had bastard. <laughs> so I was about five months too late on that idea. So I thought, okay, what's the next best one? And I and so I picked Book of Mormon. And I, I have to say, I will humbly submit that Paul's going through a lot more pain than I am. Because the Book of Mormon is just, it's just more fun. It's just more 
it's just so batshit crazy, like what's in there, as opposed to just this endless repetition of God will punish non-believers, and if you believe that good things will happen, repeated 10,000 different ways, which is kind of what I saw in the Quran. So yeah, I, I actually have to take my hat off more to Paul for what he's doing, because the fact that he's able to make that entertaining in any way is pretty amazing, and I know it's taken quite a bit more effort on his part. Yeah, it's been an investment. For me, it was the Reader's Digest version was, I had a long journey away from the Catholic Church. I went through the whole spiritual but not religious thing, and then I moved to Alabama. That fence riding was no longer a comfortable position. I realized I had to take a position, and I realized how horrible religion was. And as I fell into embracing atheism and being okay with that, I realized I'm too candid, I'm too confrontational, and I want to talk. I want to talk through all these problems. I'm very much a visionary. I want to resolve all the world's problems. So after I got through my anger phase and wanting to do outreach back to those people who were in the same position I was in before, I realized that my conversations with Muslims would immediately hit a dead end because I couldn't talk to them about their holy text. So I decided I'm going to read the damn thing and, and tweet about it. So I got a new Twitter account, you know, at Quranify Me. And I thought, I'll just tweet as I go through this. And I realized there was just so much stupid in that book that doing it 140 characters at a time was not going to happen. And that was really the onus, the uh, catalyst behind launching a podcast. I wasn't comfortable with a mic in my face, but I felt compelled that there had to be, there had to be other people out there that were thinking the same thing. They want to know what's in the Quran, really, but they're not going to bother to read it. And I thought, hell, if I can be the, that source, and I can make it a fun journey. Why not? And let's do it. And it's, you know, kind of like David uh, indicated, I started out with one thought in mind and it quickly transformed because the Quran is a horrible thing to read. The, the repetition alone will beat the best of men and women. Yeah, I've had to tweak it, it and it's definitely come through its phases as I've gone through this experience for sure. So it's evolving. Yep. It's It's turning into something a little more concise as you're moving through it? I have realized, again, you know, coming through the anger phase, I hate giving myself too many labels. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm very interested in women's issues. And when I read that book because of my personality, I get angry. Now, when I started the podcast, I was still, you know, I had a lot of personal stuff going on, huge cross-country move, started, you know, three, four episodes into the podcast. And as anybody who's ever done that knows, it takes a few months to get through that. Uh, so there's a lot of stress and it, and it comes through. Listeners who go back in the catalog will hear a distinct difference between those early episodes and what I'm doing now. Now that I've settled, I'm in a much happier place and I've had a break. I, and I'm not kidding you guys. I needed a break from the Quran because of the misogyny and just the violence and the despicable racism and bigotry that's in there. I needed a break from it because it was making me an angry person. Mm. So I sat down and I said, Paul, what's the best way to continue this project? David and I had a talk the other day, and this is very much a, a project of passion for him. And so Chronify was for me as well. But I realized I wasn't going to last this whole book if I kept going the same way. So I've introduced a lot of neat new little things into the podcast to keep myself interested, but to add some levity. You know, you've got to have yeah. levity in this stuff. You have to. Yeah, so, yes, I think that the Quran is, or, or the Book of Mormon, the Quran, they're, they're just, they're ridiculous in everything that they say, but I don't think it's any really any more ridiculous than the Bible or anything else I've ever read. I was also raised very religious, but I was one of those people that just didn't have the God gene, for lack of better terms. I just never really bought into it, even though my whole family is just devoutly 
religious. So yeah, I've kind of always been, even as a child, I remember in science class that the earth is turning and the sun, you know, we're going around the sun and all. Okay, great. And then the very next class, I went to a Christian school. So the very next class was Bible class. And then we learned that there was this battle with Joshua and God, he prayed to God for the, keep the sun in the sky. And so God stopped the sun in the sky. And I remember asking, well, so the earth stopped spinning? Like, that's what happened? And the teacher's like, wait, what now? <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, is that what happened? So I've, I've always kind of just naturally been pushing back on all of this. So, so even as I read this, yeah, it's crazy. Some of the stuff in there is just evil, right? I just in this last episode, my, my stomach turned a little when I was reading about how these people turned away from God and they were gloriously white people and their skin turned dark because they turned away from God. That is just the worst thing I think I've ever read, <laughs> you know? So you're right. There are times where it's just some of what's in there is just so awful that it does make you pause. I mean, I think I could pick up any religious book. I mean, I would love to do the Scientology Dianetics next. That that one would <laughs> that would have to be fun, right? Someone will probably beat us to it, I'm sure. But, uh, but well, yeah. Well, now that I, you said it, yeah. <laughs> I, envy, I envy whoever does that one because that one's got, I mean alien souls flying across I, that one just has to be fun you know i feel like i'm doing my part paul's doing his part to just expose these things because most people won't read them because they're boring right that in and of themselves it's a boring read so you you do have to have someone that's going to come in and make it a fun experience right to, to expose what's in these things what's really in them this is this is what you believe mitt romney this is what you believe <laughs> that when people are evil their skin turns dark you want to say that and run for president again, right? Because people don't know what's really in them. It doesn't get exposed. And then it's just this, it's this safe thing. Oh, Mormons are nice people. Islam is the religion of peace. You hear that all the time, right? Really? Have you read the book? <laughs> you know, right. you know, you gotta be able, you have to challenge that stuff. And, and this is one way of doing it that I think is, is a digestible way for, for people. In order to get something engaging, I think there has to be a degree of theater to it. That's yeah, why right. I, I try and insert little sketches and things into this podcast to, to break it up a little and keep the punters guessing. I don't know. I think with the, the Bible or the, the respective religious texts that you guys are studying, what sort of theater could you apply to it? Speaking of the Book of Mormon, it's its own theater in and of itself. I mean, I'm not joking when I say that in 600 BC, one of our uh, main characters, Lehi, woke up outside of his tent and there was a brass ball. I'm not making this up. Brass ball sitting there and it had these needles and it pointed the way that they should go and then about two chapters later they just started calling it a compass and it was like really you know that that's a compass now that's great it's just so absurd i just think i had better material to work with because the story was just so obviously written in the early 1800s by someone that tried their best to make it sound like it was 600 bc but obviously made mistakes you know he stole a sword off of a guy and it was made of the greatest steel and it's like steel in 600 b do you really you know so there's just so much of that that just makes it fun mm. um i don't think they were yeah. very skilled at working with carbon in 600 bc <laughs> no i don't think so <laughs> no, it was just, just wasn't a thing so many spoiler alerts here but when this you know lost tribe of israel went across the atlantic and came to america and became the native american people in around 600 BC, because of course that happened. Um, which, by the way, they got evil, which is why their skin turned dark. So that's why they don't oh, look like Israelis anymore. But when they got there, they found what was it? Gold and silver and bronze and steel in abundance. They found that. I was like, you found steel just sitting around in abundance. <laughs> um, but the theater, yeah, you're right. You have to, in the back of your mind, make sure that you're being entertaining. You do catch yourself at times reading certain things and you're like, oh my God, I'm getting bored with myself. I have to do something different. I have to change it up. I have to 
either think of something really clever to say or yeah maybe even take a break sometimes hit pause and think about it the way that i do my show is i don't read ahead i want you to hear my shock factor right as i'm reading so i actually do no research so this is totally on the fly as i do it but there are times where i just have to pause and i'm like okay this is just it got really boring and i i have to stop and think i won't necessarily read ahead but i do have to think of a different angle because you're right the, the, if your intent is to expose this then you do have to do it in a way that is theater and it is entertainment i agree with dave there you've got to leverage what is already given to you i haven't read through his book and i don't plan to because now i have a resource to listen to the book but the quran has so many opportunities so many absurd entries if you're just looking for them if, you, if you're sensitive to that stuff and and you want to pick it up there are so many opportunities for you to use that theater and by the time your listeners actually hear this episode they'll be able to go to my site and listen to a great example of how you can capture theater and still convey the ugliness. And I do this deliberately and there's a strategy behind it. Remove all of the influence of those religious scholars and just see the text for what it is. And you can do that through theater. So when folks hear this episode, they'll be able to go over to my website and check out episode 17, which is Adam, you made a wonderful guest appearance on. And we have our first olive bowl that's going to be released on uh, Friday, the 9th of May. It's a perfect example of how you can capture theater, but still hit so many valid, legitimate, explicit messages in these holy texts. But you remove that threat. When you use comedy, when you use a theater, people tend to not personalize it as much, and they view it as this innocuous thing, this thing that they can laugh at. What they're not realizing is that there's a message behind that, and hopefully, subtly through that, you can strip away that bias and go, folks, come on, seriously. <laughs> this is what it is. This is ridiculous. Would you yeah. not agree? It's a good way to engage people. Laugh first, think second. Exactly. So while we're on that very topic, gentlemen, we're going to play a very quick game. I'm going to give you a word. You're going to <laughs> respond with the first thing that springs to mind, having already begun reading your holy texts. So okay. our first word tonight is misogyny. Paul. Allah. Oh, easy as that. All right, well, that was easy. I'll have to put some canned <laughs> laughter in over that because that wasn't funny enough. Give me, a, give me an example of some misogyny in the Quran. Some misogyny in the Quran. Uh, let's see. Beyond the, the beating of your wives, beyond the comparing of women to cattle and to property, beyond the utter silence and uh, inequality. How about we go with that? The fact that the all-knower, all-seer of the universe, the dude who has seven heavens to take care of, actually worries about, to the woman, how much... She's getting after a dude dies. You know, he, he wants to make sure that the men get the most out of that deceased property while the women make sure that they only take their little pittance of what was left over. Excellent. David? I would say Soraya, because that's the only female name that I've come across in this book. We keep hearing that there are other women. There are references to daughters and wives, but there's only one name that's ever been given, and that was the mother of our lead character, Nephi. She had a small role, but she we at least knew her name. As I'm reading, I keep mentioning that. And we, we learn about the male servants' names. We learn about uncles and different neighbors that come over. Just We know every guy's name in the world, but <laughs> when they reference a woman of any kind, it's like, and he had three daughters who are insignificant, so we'll move on. They're just ignored. Extras in the story, basically. <laughs> Background characters. So our apologies, ladies, if you're tuning in to hear 
the latest on Beyonce, this is probably <laughs> not the podcast to do it, and neither are uh, the guests' podcast. Next cab off the rank, gentlemen, racism, Paul. I got to lead off again. Great. The funny thing, uh, David, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to beat you up and probably steal some of your thunder with this, but my book predates your book. We were the first ones to talk about how bad people were if they were black because of their non-disbelief. So you guys copied us. Well, now, in fairness, this book was actually written on golden plates that Joseph <laughs> Smith translated in 1823, but they were written in 600 B.C. So I don't know. We, we may have an argument depending on what you believe. On what predates what? God endorsed racism. I mean, that's that's what it is. God said, you've turned away from me, and I will turn your skin black. You were white. You, as a human, were white, and I'm going to make your skin darker. And not only that, but to make you less attractive to others. It says that, too. And then even furthermore, if any of you good white people mingle with them, then you're cut off, too. So I think that all three of those combined, so that's kind of the complete picture of racism, I think. Mm, must have really irked Romney when yeah. uh, Obama got <laughs> Quite in. Quite a bit. <laughs> Last one, guys. Come on. I think we need to get away from all the horrible stuff. What's the most interesting scientific fact you've learned? Let's go with you, David. Oh, uh, you had to throw me on that one. I learned that both steel and the compass came, were around on Earth long before Wikipedia tells us. So there's that. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, Wikipedia is quite easily modified, so... It's probably what it is. I'd yeah. probably go with the original text <laughs> on that one. And Paul, science. David, again, I feel like this is a, a David Bashan session, but my <laughs> God, my God can raise a mountain instantaneously as proof of his awesome power. So, you know, you go on with your little gold plates and whatnot, but my dude yeah. raises mountains. <laughs> I do have the entire indigenous people of North America that this book claims came from Israel, even though all DNA evidence refutes, <laughs> and yet people still believe it. So there is that, too. I don't know. That could that could probably compete with the mountain. <laughs> Jens, are you looking forward to an interesting spellbinding ending to the book where sort of the lead character dies or gets resurrected or I don't know. What what are we missing here? The Book of Mormon starts with so many spoilers. So that it has all these introduction chapters that basically tell you in a nutshell what's going to happen throughout the rest of the book. I know that eventually we're going to reach a point where Jesus, who after he was resurrected in Jerusalem, because of course that happened, he didn't go straight to heaven. He actually made a pit stop in America first. So I'm very excited about that part coming up. I can't wait to see what he has to say that he just forgot to say to his chosen people in Jerusalem. He just missed it. Oops, my bad. Let me uh, jump on the other side of the world and tell them. <laughs> it's just, you can't make this stuff up. I plan on doing this for quite a while because I'm just enjoying the adventures of Allah. He lives the lifestyle. He is the Desecchi man. He's got the lifestyle. He's got all the fun times. He's got all the ladies. I'm really all in. Elbows deep, shoulders deep. I want to know what happens next in this playboy's life. I mean, he's just, he's having so much fun. Even Don Draper fell eventually. <laughs> yeah, the winged horse is going to be good fun. But to give you a spoiler, because I've actually read the Quran as well, I haven't really, I made it up, but I believe Allah gets bitten by a radioactive spider. <laughs> Keep an eye out for that passage. Just inspired me to come up with a drawing uh, of something to do with spandex and Allah. I'm not going to take it any further than that. That was a very inspirational moment. I can see something coming out of that. <laughs> Maybe it'll involve a herd mentality cow while we're at it. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, those... No, they've no, suffered the, enough. The, the, the cow's gone. <laughs> the cow's gone now, right? It, well, yes. Almost, so, yeah, Paul, why, don't you, why don't you take that and 
Mm. The herd mentality cow has been sold for all of 300 Earth dollars to a lucky winner in South Australia. I think what I've learned from this experience is keep the shipping costs low. (laughs) Someone someone bid 350 in America and you said, yeah, no, that's not happening. (laughs) Let's be honest. It was a fine idea. Now, the person who actually won the final product contacted me and said, look, I'm just happy to send the money to Iman and you can keep the cow and and perhaps do something bigger and better with it in the future, which was very touching, I thought, and I'd like to thank the winning bidder for that. What I have got is I built, in the same shape as the head, I built a a clock. Oh, nice. And it's got some numbers on the face, and yes, it's a beautiful clock, so I'm going to send him that out instead. So it's sort of the consolation prize where everybody wins except the courier companies. (laughs) (laughs) I I have found, I'll I'll just say, coming into this community a bit, so I'm I'm newer into this Skeptical Atheism podcast world, but the amount of community and giving that's here is overwhelming almost. I mean, Mm -hmm. everyone just seems so willing to want to help each other. And the reason I think people can say, well, that's just community. That's just how it is. If you went to a church, it'd be the same way. But this is like, it's helping each other without the judgment. We just want to get each other's message out. And even if I don't completely agree with your message, I believe in having the diversity of viewpoint that we get it out, that it's not based on dogma. So you can have an opinion that differs from mine, as long as it's your opinion and not a dogmatic opinion then I want to support you. And it just seems that community, I just couldn't be happier to be a part of it. And I think that just that story you just said, it's just like, I just want to give you the money. You can keep the cow. Like, I just see that kind of thing happening all the time. I just think it's a great community to be a part of. I think oh, yeah, we'll, no, we'll it, it definitely is. And, and Adam probably won't toot his own horn, David. I don't know how long you've been around listening, but this is not the first thing that Adam has done either. And, you know, I'm sure he's behind his mic right now going, you know, I, I don't want all this attention, but it, it's guys like... <laughs> like him uh in in your message is exactly right it it's an absolutely wonderful thing to get involved at this level and and to be able to see just the spirit of giving selflessness the humanism that really is out there this is the kind of stuff that changes the perception little by little each time one of our voices is heard it changes the perception. Each time Adam does something in the truly humanistic way that he does things, it makes the world just that much better of a friggin' place. It really does. And, yeah. you know, Adam, I know you're not asking for this, but I don't care. I'm going to take five seconds. You know, I, <laughs> what you do is absolutely wonderful. There are folks in this community who aren't vectored to where you're vectored. They're all about promoting themselves, and that's fine if that's what they want to do. But for someone with your influence and, and span of control to take the time out and do the things that you do I, i've got to commend you on it buddy because it's uh it's absolutely wonderful to see and you don't get praised nearly enough for what you do you don't have nearly enough ratings on itunes for those of you listening <laughs> that haven't rated the show yet there's so many hurdles <laughs> to overcome although i will say that giving can backfire so this happened to me that uh i made a donation what i thought was a good generous donation to the scathing atheist because i really like what they do and i know they put a lot of work into it at the end of the show when noah does his you know thank yous to everyone that donated he said, and Dave, you are now officially the most generous donor ever. And I thought, wow, well, that's pretty pathetic because I didn't give him that much, right? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't nothing, but it was still like, I thought, man, I f- feel like these guys really don't get anything. And so I felt like, well, maybe I'll help out a little. And so I, I recorded a Farnsworth quote saying something along the lines of, hey, this is David. I'm the show's most generous donor ever. If you want to come steal this crown away, 
come get it or something like that, right? To try and start a little bidding war to get these guys a little more money. Well, turns out there was a Dave and a David that both donated the same week and it wasn't me. So, <laughs> so Noah actually emailed me and said, I really hate to do this, but I have to make a correction next week. You are not the most generous donor ever. You heard so, it yeah. here first on the herd mentality, listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did my best. Paul, thank you very much for your kind words. That was lovely. Oh, you're very welcome, Adam. Thank you. I mean, you've been, uh, I don't want to give away your trade secrets, but you know, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for, I mean, it's just you, you, you just come through in everything you do. You know, you're probably an extremely busy person and you take all the time in the world out to help so many people. And you do, you do, you deserve, I mean, look, David's been around for a little bit now and officially I want to hear this first on the herd mentality. First, I was officially David's first follower. I know you get all the glory because you're Adam Reeks, <laughs> sexy man, but I was his first follower. <laughs> true story. Beaten to true the story. punch. Somebody, and, what, somebody following somebody else first on Twitter and beating me to it. It's, it's hard, be, to, and hard I to imagine. You to it, yep. <laughs> it is true. But, and but you, will get the, you will get the sexy man reference tomorrow when you hear episode 17. My wife did a special little thing for you, by the way. Oh, gosh. All right. Yep. So, well, Adam, listen, I know you've already gotten your happy ending from Paul, so this might hurt a little. <laughs> hurt a little if I keep going, but I will, I will tack on a bit to say that, you know, we just had our first conversation today and in the course of 10 minutes, I think you'd given me three or four different tips on how to make my show more successful. Just, you just do it naturally. You just like to help. And so... I will jump on those compliments and say thank you as well. I didn't have you guys here to keep praise <laughs> on me. This is all right, not, all right. not really what I intended. But while we're on the topic, <laughs> here are my thoughts. There's been a lot. <laughs> I didn't want I'm you to praise me. I can see him squirming in his chair all the way down there in Australia. <laughs> yeah. And just, just so you know, Adam, your, your handsome face is staring at me on this phone. Oh. And so, yeah. If you want more compliments, just keep it coming. Moving right along. On yeah, the yeah. on the topic of podcasts, I think it's important that we have as many different secular resources as we possibly can. That's why I promote new shows, because even though, in essence, they are in conflict to what I'm trying to achieve, because I'm trying to turn this into a full-time job, and it takes me a heap of time and effort and money to, to make it work, and I've got a whole bunch of very generous tithers who support me month to month in doing so. But with the structure of it, they're very small amounts. The idea is for people to contribute a little bit. And for this whole community to be successful, we're going to need for the quality podcast to rise to the top, not based on asking for money and saying, give me more money and I'll make a better show, but by taking the shows that are already doing a good job and picking one or two of your favorites and supporting them because most of these podcasts have no advertising and there right. is an enormous amount of time and energy that goes into producing them. It's not it's not as simple as you might think just setting up a podcast and recording people down the line because for every hour of audio that I record, I'll probably discard another hour and then I'll spend 10 hours or so editing that and making it publishable. So removing all the ums and ahs and so forth. It's a, it's a very, very big job. Right. I agree. The uh, episode that comes out tomorrow, I told somebody that earlier, uh, a personal friend who is a patron of my show. I, I love my very small number of patrons. I really do. They've already heard the episode. And uh, he said, man, you've come a long way with that. And I said, yeah, it, it's taxing. You're right. What folks don't understand is Anybody can throw their webcam on, and, I, and I'm not, and I am not taking a knock at anybody, but anybody can throw their webcam on, host a Google Hangout, have a conversation, and, and contribute to the community, and that's great. We're adding voices. 
But again, taking that 40,000 foot view to use a military term for you guys, instead of operating at ground level, going up 40,000 feet, the community has to be robust. It has to have the quality programming out there. Like you're saying, Adam, the episode that comes out tomorrow, all things told, with script writing, with coordinating with you, with Noah from The Scathing Atheist, and with Tom and Cecil from Cognitive Dissonance, and then all the editing that I did afterwards, that one episode at least took me 40 hours to put together. So a full work week just to release one episode that I'm releasing to people for free, edutaining people as I go along. I don't ask for anything in return, but if there are people who can support, it is one of those things that frees me up from other obligations where I can continue to do that and to expand and, and further the reach. I almost feel, a, I don't know about you, David and uh, Adam, obviously, but I don't, I, I almost feel a responsibility. Once we start making that impact, once you start getting those emails from people going, thank you for what you're doing, it changes, the dynamic changes, and I feel a responsibility now to people. There are people listening. I got my first listener in Saudi Arabia three weeks ago. For an episode that takes a, a sometimes scathing look at the Quran, to get a listener in Saudi Arabia meant a lot. A single listener in Saudi Arabia, my wife couldn't pull me out of the ceiling. I was flying so high that day. That is and awesome. it's because it's real people are being impacted. David's going to do the same thing for his, you know, I mean, he's, <laughs> you're way too productive, yeah. by the way, David, knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had similar, I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine how good that felt for Saudi, because that is like, it's literally the Mecca, right? Right. Of the, I'm actually impressed that you got somebody there. That's, I mean, could you imagine? I don't know how they spread? figured it out through all their uh, internet blocking, but hey. Yeah, it, that's amazing. <laughs> Maybe the regime there hasn't figured out the... But r real quick, you said military term. This would be an amazing coincidence, but Paul, were you in the Air Force by any chance? I was, yes. That is correct. Wow. Me too. That's unbelievable. That is very cool. <laughs> that is very yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. That is we'll cool. have to catch up on that later. We won't We won't bore all of our uh, There all may the be something, here. too, why you and I are doing what we're doing and having... Could be. Could be. Well, there's could no be. doubt. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to change the subject too much, but actually, right. <laughs> yeah, what the heck. Yeah, I know this has been covered on other podcasts, but, but the military really is very religious, and that's probably where my activism started. I remember, so there's a thing called a commander's call, where basically the, it's like a giant staff meeting, right, where the commander... Everyone has to come in and you're required. This isn't optional. I mean, it's, you have to be there. And it always started with a chaplain praying. I actually spoke to the commander and said, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't understand why this is necessary. And it went back and forth and back and forth. And finally he just said, okay, if you want to leave, you can leave. And he almost said it like as a dare, right? Like mm -hmm. you're really going to stand up and be the only one that, and so I did. I actually, when it, when the chaplain came up, I walked out of the room and afterwards, I can't even remember how many of my coworkers came up and said, where did you go? And I said, well, I talked to the commander and he said, I didn't have to sit there for the prayer. And the next commander's call, there was at least 15 people out of, I don't know, a hundred that got up with me. Wow. And some of them, I looked and I was like, I thought you were Christian or, a, you know, so you're religious. And they said, yeah, but you're right. It doesn't belong here. This isn't church. And so I just, I think you're right. Sometimes it is that little step. It's that just doing something small. But, but that really is kind of what, when I learned the power of doing something, even no matter how small it is. And I know, Adam, I think that you absolutely could make this a full-time job. And I think that you should because you're very good at it. For me, I won't lie. This is a, it's a hobby, but it's a hobby that I feel very rewarded by, right? I got an email today from someone that's lived their entire life in Utah. They were, they're very, they raised Mormon their whole life. They have since stopped believing it, but they've never told anyone. 
like it, it kind of felt like this email I got from them was the first time they've ever even put it on, you know, pen to paper to say it. And knowing that I'm giving that person just the knowledge that you're not alone, you think all of this is nonsense and that's okay because it is. And then the other thing that I've been surprised by is I've had even one of my reviews on iTunes is someone that said that he's a religious Christian man and he started to question the stuff he believes just from listening to how ridiculous something sounds for the first time made him stop and think, well, what would my sound like if I'd never heard it before? Could I interject and just put in a little shout out to somebody I've been having a chat to on Twitter, whose name is Frankie. Absolutely. She's been listening to the show, Raised Catholic, and she's beginning, just through conversations I've been having with her, she's now beginning to send me a message from time to time and say, hey, I still believe in God, but today I caught myself confirming my own bias for example. I've explained to her what confirmation bias is and cognitive dissonance. They're two of my favorite things because they're relatively simple concepts to grasp. Although I'm not religion-specific, I'll sort of attack anything that to me appears to be ludicrous. <laughs> Homeopathy, prayer, any, right. any religion. It's I'm not specific. I admire what you're doing, Frankie. I think you're on to a good thing. So there you go. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine ever telling someone using your brain is a bad thing. But all these books pretty much tell you to. Very well. Well, on that note, gentlemen, where can we find your podcasts? You can find me at, and bear with me, I'll have to spell it out for some folks, www.quranifyme, coronifyme.com. That was beautiful. <laughs> you like Definitely. that? <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul, people can also search for your show on iTunes, I believe. Yes, they can search for my show on iTunes as well. Thank you, David. They can find me on Spreaker, and I am on Stitcher as well. I have got to step up my game. Before this episode airs, I'm hoping I'm also on Stitcher, because it's one of the pieces of advice Adam gave me. So <laughs> you can also search for my show as of right now, hopefully eventually on Stitcher, on iTunes, uh, My Book of Mormon. My website is www.mybookofmormonpodcast.com. Unfortunately, I had the, the domain without the podcast was taken, so you do have to have the My Book oh, of Mormon podcast I at the end. I feel your pain. Uh, <laughs> uh, some 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 damn Mormon must have already stolen the, the my book of Mormon. But there's nothing there. Someone else owns the domain, but there's no there's no site there. I was like, come on. It's exactly the same with herdmentality.com. I would have very uh, much liked that, but it, the domain was parked. So I thought, yeah. well, rather than fuel that industry of just taking a website and then auctioning it off to somebody who has the resources to pay for it, I thought, no, screw you guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to plop a podcast on the end of it. You type herd mentality into Google. I'm still second after Wikipedia, so I'm happy. <laughs> you're all right. You're you're placed well. Yeah, I think I didn't name myself very well because it's just too close to Book of Mormon, which I'm now competing with a religion and a very successful uh, Broadway musical. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be a long time before mine is the top of a Google search. So if you're looking for my podcast through Google, probably not the best idea. David, I told you I'm a marketing geek. As long as you land on that first page, you're good to go. If you're on yeah. the second page, that's when you're screwed. As long as you Get include your podcast, you're all right. <laughs> So, gentlemen, Paul and David from the Quranify Me podcast and the My Book of Mormon podcast, thank you very much for coming on the show and, and heaping me with praise. I'll be off now to blush <laughs> elsewhere. Okay. <laughs> thank well, you very been... much, Adam. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Adam. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Bye. See you. On the electric Skype from the UK, the motherland, I have Lawrence. Hello. Hello, Adam. Whereabouts are you based in the UK? I'm in Greater London. 
Greater London. So, southeast, yeah, southeast England. Is there a less great London? There is, the central London. Okay, that's Zones not... one, two, three. And it's not great at all. So, Lawrence, tell me, tell me, you have set up some sort of T-shirt arrangement for atheists. I have indeed, yes. I've set up a professional T-shirt store called OYG. It's at oyg.uk.com, and uh, we do a range of black, good-quality Gildan T-shirts, and we have a range of intellectual quips and slogans regards uh, religion, atheism, and evolution. Hmm. So, clever quips. What would be an example of some of this? Clever quips. Perhaps no to religion, arguments that explain everything, explain nothing. How to become atheist, read the Bible. Mm -hmm. Evolution, I'm a fifth ape and proud. (laughs) God created the whole universe, but he's worried about bacon. Hmm. And they're sort of on the friendlier side of being accusatory yes yeah it's it's for sort of t-shirts with a universal minimum sort of style to it intellectual sort of stroke funny quips that don't intend to offend inverted commas but uh, make a sort of a statement conversation starters conversation starters exactly yes mm. yeah so the conversation starters I, as i walk home from work i i have to walk quite a distance between two bus stops The only reason I enjoy working on a Saturday is I get to go and see my friends who also have similar T-shirts, except they say different things, put it that way, Mm -hmm. such as, where are you going when you die, or Jesus saves, or something similar. And that, to me, just says, right, you're fair game. (laughs) Yeah. They've already got the conversation starter out there. Yeah, exactly. If they're free, then you challenge their belief, don't you? Hmm. You fight for the atheist side. Exactly. The website being oyg.uk.com, is it an international site? Yeah, free UK shipping. So we ship to the United Kingdom for free. Our shirts are just $15.99 and £5 international. So we'll ship around the world just for a flat fee of £5. Bargain. Yep. But you can be followed on Twitter at OYGTs, T-E-E-S. That's right, yes. Follow us, then we'll send you updates, new shirts, and any sort of competition news. So, yeah, follow us on that Twitter handle. Are people able to suggest their own T-shirts? Yeah, we're thinking of running um, a competition whereby users can submit slogans for use. You know, if we use it, then they get a free shirt. So follow us, and then we'll let you know once that competition begins. What's not to like? Lawrence, thank you very much for coming on the show and spreading the good word of anti-God. No problem. Thank you very much for having me, Adam. Thank you. Pleasure. Cheers.